This week, we cover Wonder Woman 1984, and I make some Star Wars fanboys cry. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Dirt Warrior Podcast for Sunday, September 27th, 2020. I am Greg Hernandez, your host, and um, we brought Amy back as always. You're just a permanent part of the show now, so I hope you don't mind. I guess. Could you make that sound less hostage-y? I'm so excited. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Read this letter into the the camera. (laughs) And I also have another special guest here. I got my buddy Joel. Now, Joel and I met uh, when Joel trained to be a wrestler. Joel and I are the only two people from the wrestling school that was in Bakersfield that went from knowing absolutely nothing to working matches and taking bumps. You and I have wrestled each other twice? I think three times. Three times? Okay, because I remember Rockin' Roots, and then I remember me and Jesse did the tag match against you and John at... uh, uh, At the Dome? At the Dome. Yeah. What was the third one? Uh, It was um, Knox Pro. Yeah, that's right. Knox Pro. That's right. And, uh, and Joel is also a member of the 501st. So when I make Star Wars fanboys cry, I'm like, Joel, dude, you got to hear this shit. So we brought Joel in on this one. So, all right. So basically, Joel, here's what happened. Okay. And I had this really, I have this, this birth defect where people argue with me online and I just, I keep going. Amy has seen me do it many times. Because I figure if you don't fight stupid, stupid thinks it's right. Absolutely. Okay. And this whole started with a discussion on canon. Oh, boy. Yeah. And somebody asked, hey, can you recommend good canon stories for... I don't even remember what the scenario was, but... And I asked, does it have to be canon? Because... And I named a bunch of Legends books that I thought were really good. And I said, canon has never really had any value for me means nothing to me. And that's when buttholes slam shut like car doors. Oh, I bet. And so and and so I'm pissing people off left and right. Well, bro, canon, it, it brings everything together. <laughs> no, no, it really doesn't. It's like if you're if you have to canon, go ahead and canon. For me, I don't really see much point in it. And so in your, I mean, again, you've dealt with more fanboys than anything. Oh, lots. What's kind of your, your take on canon? Does it matter? Doesn't it? My take on canon is if you, if you have to have that, if that's your lifeline, and without it, you are lost, then by all means embrace it. But if you're like me, which, look, if it says Star Wars, I love it. Right. Everybody's crapping on the new movies. Right. Whatever. I don't care. Look, it says Star Wars. You know, you and I grew up at a time where after 1983, it was a desert till 1997. Right. We got right. nothing. So You might get a few comic books, maybe a video game here and there, yeah, but that was it. That was it. You know, after 97, it was the rebirth. And, you know, you got all these kids with all these things they could watch, the... the, the the redos with all the special stuff, you know, the um, the prequels, and then it was wide open. But 
I realized there's all these books. And I was enjoying all the stories of the books. Right, because you have like the Timothy Zahn books. Yes, and... uh, the, the, the whole Yu Zahn Vong thing. Right. The Swarm Wars and all that. All that. And I was like, this is awesome because there's so many possibilities. Like, you could go anywhere with this. Anywhere. But for me, I like canon because it just gives you like a place to, to go from. But really, I'm good either way. Right, and see, I now, the way you said it, you and I have, have a certain, we come from a different generation, and I said this one time, and somebody looked at me like like I had just discovered the secret of life. Star Wars is basically, everyone looks at Star Wars the, the way Metallica fans look at Metallica. If you're a fan of the Cliff Burton years, that's all that exists. Yep. There's the Jason Newstead years, and now there's the Robert Trujillo years, and that's pretty much, that you, you stay in your in your bubble. Yes. And that's kind of like Star Wars. You're either a big fan of the original trilogy, you were a kid during the prequels, so you're like, that's that's my shit, that's my Star Wars. And then you have the people who just became Star Wars fans in 2015, when Force Awakens come out, came out. And so when Disney buys it, they said, okay, all these extended universe books, all the all of that, sh it's all shit now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's our database to make up new things and, and, and do what we want with it, which is fair. They right. Paid for the, they paid for the IP. They paid for the trademarks, the licensing for all that stuff. So it's theirs to do with. Right. And, and again, I, I've always said, I'm like, all right, but if I enjoy a Legends book, it's in. If I don't enjoy it, I pretend I never read it. Okay. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Right. And Absolutely. Cause, because... The, the fucking fanboys lost their shit on me. And, bro, so if I write some fan fiction about Luke Skywalker's going to Hogwarts on the Enterprise, that that's canon? No, it's probably... Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit I was dealing with at four in the morning. I'd love to see that, but if it's a good story, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. Right. And, and I said it right from the beginning. I said, okay... Any, I said the Extended Universe books and the comics is what I'm talking about. I don't read fan fiction because nine times out of ten it fucking sucks. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't give a shit about Luke Skywalker meeting fucking Edward from Twilight. I don't give a fuck. You know, and, oh, these guys just fucking came at me and they were like, well, well, we're the fans. We paid money. We should decide what's canon. Mm. Uh, Okay, bro. Um, we paid money is not a good excuse. No. Okay. Disney we... paid a lot more than you. <laughs> a lot more. Well, uh, anytime somebody says we pay, I paid my money for this property. I'm a fan. I get to say what what goes. I always tell them, well, that's like saying I paid money for the strippers. That makes her my girlfriend. It it's doesn't work that way, bro. I'm sorry. No. It it does not. No. And you paid to watch what they gave you. Right. Um, I, I got into an argument one time because I, I said, well, I was arguing this point. I said, well, George Lucas said this. And some guy goes, well, what does George Lucas know? That's the guy who made it. He created the fucking it's thing. It's his thing. <laughs> he knows a lot. I, think. I, I would go out on a limb and say he knows everything. Yeah. It's and then it came back brain. to, well, I'm the, I'm the fan. I paid my hard-earned money. Motherfucker, he gave up a decade of his life <laughs> every time he made a trilogy. Yes, he did. So the part-time job you have at Home Depot that, yeah, you paid that money to go watch 
what he spent 10 years doing, good on you. But I've never, I've never seen a value in, in canon. You know, if it's a good story, it's in. If it's the fucking Star Wars holiday special or the Lego movie, I've never watched them. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this fandom is pretty toxic, but most fandoms are. Obviously, we come from independent wrestling. Right. It's, oh. You're just moving from one to the other. And the Okay, well, the, the most ironic part was I had this argument on a Facebook fan page called Non-Toxic Star Wars Fanbase. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. I think that was a clickbait for you, sweetie. I think it, well, it's like, it's like the chick who tells you I'm not crazy. Like, okay, if you had to put that shit out there in the first place, that bitch is crazy. Yes. I'm not, like, a, I'm not a toxic Star Wars fan. Okay, you're toxic as fuck. I've gotten a 30-day ban for an offensive meme in an offensive meme group. What? <laughs> it's happened twice. I've had, and then I've had uh, 230s. I mean, I wasn't even out eight hours right back in. Oh, my goodness. I got kicked out of a Star Trek fan group because... There was a post, if you had, if you had the power of Q, what would be the first thing you do? And jokingly, I said, I would turn back time to when all the Baywatch chicks were hot. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Yeah. And then some chick comes on and, okay, boomer. There it is. Right. And I always have a fuck you chambered. So I came back with, okay, retard. Boom! There it is. <laughs> banned yeah. from the group. One comment. One comment got right. me banned from a Star Trek group. That's so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in the group all of three days. Wow. It took, yeah. I was, and that was because I didn't go back in that group for the first two days. But no, and it's, it's, well, like you said, coming from independent wrestling, there's no, every fandom has its toxic fans. Yes. Because how many times do we do shows and there was always that one asshole after the match. Yeah, bro, if I were you, I would have done this in my match. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, if you'd have been me, you'd have probably realized that wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> where where were you when I was fucking training? Yeah. And where have you been through all the concussions and all of the... Like, dude, you got winded coming out of the bleachers to tell me how you would have changed my match. Bro, check this out. I just ran downstairs. With no effort. So the stairs, the gravity got me down here, but I'm winded. But <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. You should have did this. Yeah, I just, I love, and it was, again, it was such a, it was such a ridiculous fucking argument. Because it was, I started, again, this is the non-toxic mm-hmm. Star Wars fan base group. And so I was, I was a like, safe space, right? A safe space for Star Wars fans to not get into it with the the group says non toxic. So I'm really trying my hardest not to be me, and I'm going like, okay, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on this because if it's a good story and it doesn't it doesn't contradict what is quote unquote canon, yeah, who gives a shit? Because you don't see it. You, this is this is happening while this while you're watching this. This is happening on the other side of the galaxy or some other system with characters that aren't involved in that. You know, with its own books. And right. Characters. Like, that's great. That's awesome. I asked because I, I asked. I, I finally I said, okay, 
Because I, I here's what I said. I also said canon is meaningless to me. And that's when, oh, they lost their shit. Because all they heard was canon is meaningless. No, 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 bro. Don't, don't forget the last two words. Canon is meaningless to me. And I said, finally, I'm going, okay, define it. What, what is canon? I, I want the rules. I want the criteria. Well, it's what's official. Okay, well, the Legends books have the Star Wars logo. They were approved by Lucasfilm, by the Lucas Story Group. Yes. Lucasfilm owned the Star Wars brand. Therefore, you can't go write a Star Wars book without getting sued out of your fucking pants. Or add that, or add their characters, or add anything that had to do with the Star Wars galaxy world universe. Right, so you can't get much more official... Than them stamping, writing off, right. signing off on it. Well, no, no. It's, it's got to be done by the original creators. Okay, well then Disney can't tell you what's canon because Disney's not the original creators. Yeah, but Disney owns it. No, 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 no. You said original creators. Yeah. Yeah, but Disney bought the brand. Okay, so basically canon is whatever Disney says so. Yeah. Bro, how often did you do something because your dad said, do it because I tell you so? That was always the worst shit your parents told you. Oh, yeah. So, you don't let, so it's bullshit when your parents tell you because I told you so, but fucking Bob Iger says, and Kathleen Kennedy says, because I said so, and you're like, okay, all right. No, see, that's my point is there's no rules. There's no criteria. So why the hell does canon mean anything? And... As soon as I get done with one argument, some other fuckwit jumps in with the exact... And then I have to start all over again. Uh, the repeating argument. Right. Because nobody's actually reading. They picked whatever they didn't like. It fired them up. And here you go. Here we go again. I've gotten to this point where as soon as, as, soon as I get done arguing with one idiot... Like I said, the other one jumps in, starts the exact same argument over. So I just screenshot uh, responses I've given before and start posting them. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you don't read shit. You just jump in, you miss shit. And I just started, I had, oh you God. You caught the end of it. You caught the last part. You didn't read above. And now you're like, oh no, check this out. I'm going to say the same thing that I, the other guy said. Yeah, I got an argument because some guy was telling me, well, The Last Jedi is is the one of the greatest Star Wars movies ever made. Are you on medication? How old is he? I have is no idea. It's for Facebook? Again, it's yeah, yeah, starting at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going like, okay. She no. has a point. She has a point. Depending on the age will tell you the uh the uh attention deficit drugs that they were put on those kids. <laughs> right. You're and on Paxil, aren't you? Antidepressants and yeah. Yeah, well, and so I'm going like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. If what you meant to say was The Last Jedi is one of your favorite Star Wars movies ever. That's a perfectly acceptable statement. I will take that. Greatest Star Wars movie. Bro, do you even Star Wars? Like, really? (laughs) Do you even Star Wars? And, well, why is it bad? Bro, the whole movie's a slow speed car chase. Yeah. It really is. I said, explain to me how in the vacuum of space you can fire a blaster bolt 
it arcs and then comes down. No, that's that's a fucking that's a pirate movie thing where you're firing a cannonball up and okay. And, and, and yeah, it's an arc. And I said, I'm gonna go with the fact that Ryan Johnson was fired. Like Disney canceled all fucking projects with him at all. Mark Hamill hated the Last Jedi. Yeah. If there's anybody who has a, who has a valid right to you you listen to their opinion, it's Mark fucking Hamill. It's Luke Skywalker. Right. And then this guy starts arguing with me and starts going, "Well, how do you know Ryan Johnson was canceled, or he was he was fired?" Well, well, his his. He was supposed to do a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy right after Last Jedi. And they said, nope. Disney said, nope, you're done. You're done. They, they fired him. They canceled it. And he, again, goes back. Well, how do you know it was canceled? Do you work for Disney? Because it was news. It yeah, was, it made the news. They pretty much announced that they're not going to have him on anymore. I, and I said, Disney just did their, did their invest, uh, investor day uh premieres their announcements they announced everything that's coming out from star wars and from marvel ryan johnson's name was nowhere in there well how do you know really because i read the article not just the picture with all the series that are coming up and so i find the article i found the official investor day article with all the announcements and i went bro i will give you a thousand dollars if you can find ryan johnson's name anywhere in this article (laughs) Well, it's unofficial. Bro, it says fucking Disney. <laughs> you know, the one same Disney that says it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is this is the shit. And so finally, I have learned, you want to shut down trolls? Just post the same thing. Do what they do, but they don't realize they're doing it. Just repost the same thing over and over. And after a while, it's like a hamster hitting the feeder bar. They just run out of food and they just lose interest. That's that's what I had to do. But oh my god, this <laughs> drained nine hours out of my life, and and it's my fault. I'm not. You fed the troll. I fed the troll, and that. But again, this is what happens when I try to be nice. This is because again, it was. Yes. <laughs> Never mind. The look on her face was like, "Bro, did you hear you just then?" Tried to be nice. Tried that's all right. To be, that's... Again, it was a non-toxic. Star Wars group. And so I'm just going, okay, well, I respectfully disagree because, and it was almost like they, they mistook my my niceness for weakness. Yeah, they said, oh, respectfully, you mean... Yeah, they were just like, oh, fuck you, you don't, what you're saying, what you're saying is you don't, you don't want to admit that you don't know what you're talking about. Bro, it like, dude, mean... you've been you've been a Star Wars fan longer than probably most of those people have right. been alive. Like, motherfucker, I was Star Wars came out May of seventy seven. I was born June of seventy seven. I was three days old in the theater watching Star Wars. Like, y- you were born during Not the bonded for life. Yeah, you you were born during the George W. administration. Like, don't fucking tell me I know more about Star Wars than you. No, fuck you, fuck you. See, and that's the shit I try not to do. I try not to do the, I know more about Star Wars than you. Like, you didn't, li- you didn't live through watching the Ewoks cartoon series. <laughs> uh, I had to look up. Do you remember uh, Caravan of Courage? No. And Battle for Endor? Yes. Okay. That one I do. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, there the, were two the of two them. two kids were, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if you remember these. ABC did this really, because 
ABC did this thing like way in the 80s where oh, Star Wars Mania, we, we need to capitalize on this. And they made these made-for-TV movies called the Ewoks Battle for Endor. I can't I don't remember if that was the first one or the second one. As a seven year seven and eight year old, it was it was awesome still. Oh, it was I mean, yeah. You get Ewoks, you get Star Wars, you get Endor, you get uh uh ATSTs. And then there was one called The Caravan of Courage. I I must have missed that one. Yeah, I have no recollection of that one. I remember the two little kids. And their was it their grandfather? I think so. I, I remember thought, like an old dude. Uh was it a Wilford Brimley looking dude? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It might have been Wilford Brimley. Actually. You just looked it up, didn't you? So what you're saying is you missed it. No, like I said, ABC just decided they were going to capitalize on the Star Wars craze because this was, what year was it? You just looked it up. 1984. Okay, so it came out in 84. Yeah, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. And so ABC made these two, I think I want to see I just, on the, the research, on this results page, it said, is Caravan of Courage canon. Nope. I'm going with one way. See? That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the fucking bullshit. Oh, is that part of the little Google questionings? Yeah. I love opening those up because then I, it's just, you know, it's, I'm like, oh, I don't really, like, I, I shouldn't go that, down this wormhole, but let's go. <laughs> yes, that's the shit. Going on an adventure. Is it canon? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Was I, it good when I watched it as a kid? Yeah. Is, yeah. it, does, is it worth a damn now? Probably not. Well, see, I had the, I pissed off a bunch of people when I said that, too, because the prequels came out, and everyone was like, bro, these sucked. I can't believe these sucked. I'm like, no. They were just as good as the original trilogy. The only difference is when you saw the original trilogy, you thought Chicken McNuggets was still a good, di- good dinner. That's You were a fucking kid when you saw that. Yes. And you forget that those movies came out 20 years later. It blew your blew your mind. Right. And then now you're like, this sucks. And everyone's just like, oh my God, the writing, the writing is so much worse. No, no, because Luke was a whiny little bitch for the first like two thirds of Star Wars. Yeah. But Uncle Owens, I was going to go to Tashi Station for some power converters. Like, a, that's he, a fucking lie. He was a whiny bitch training with Yoda too. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. Like, he was. very confused. Right. And... Well, Jake Lloyd was just, he was so annoying. Bro, he was nine. <laughs> Have you ever sat down and talked with a nine-year-old? That's what they do. They can be fucking that's, annoying. That's what they do. You have kids. You know this. They don't stop being annoying. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then uh, Attack of the Clones, they become kind of annoying teenagers. Right. The, and what's what I laughed, I laughed hysterically because... I'm just now revisiting all of the Legends books, Mm -hmm. okay? I've got a job now where I just, I'm alone by myself for an entire shift. I've seriously had this job three months. I've talked to like four people. Wow. Exactly. It's great. I work work at the Amazon warehouse. It's fucking awesome. Oh, nice. I put in an earbud, and I've been just listening to the audiobooks since I started. And all of the Anakin Skywalker stuff, he's a prick in those books, too. He's an arrogant little prick. And I'm just going like, oh, this is perfect. Because it gives you a bigger picture of, yeah, he was just a dickhead 19-year-old. And because he was whining about, I'm better than Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's holding me back. He's jealous of me. And that's pretty much the theme. And you're like, wow, yeah, I kind of want this dude dead. I really do. And so why isn't it canon? (laughs) 
it makes sense. It lends to the story arc. Right. It lends to it why fills he is in, the way he is. And that's what the Lucas story group does. They tie things together. Yeah. And so if Timothy Zahn or any of those, Timothy Zahn's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, um, come, comes to them and says, hey, I've got this really great book. For, I've got this really great idea for a book that takes place between episode one and episode two. They go, okay, let's see the manuscript. And they read through it. Yeah, that works. Go ahead. And they publish it. Yeah. Because it tied everything together. So explain to me why canon is this end-all, be-all of, well, you that book doesn't matter because it's canon. It's not canon. It's like, dude, Marvel and DC figured this out fucking decades ago. They just went, fuck it, multiverse. <laughs> right? This is more, uh, it ties into canon without having to be canon. Right. In a way, which is makes sense. Right, and that's exactly what I spent nine hours trying to explain to these fuckers, was that, okay, if canon, if, you, if it doesn't matter that it's canon, why is everyone freaking out that Rosario Dawson is, is Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian? Because she's now canon. And? But the character existed before. Yeah, but it wasn't canon. How does that not, wait, what? That, no, that, that was, I said... Why are you freaking out because Ahsoka Tano is now in The Mandalorian? Well, because she's now canon. She's been canon. She was in the Clone. She was in Clone Wars and Rebels and Rebels. Even yeah, the but, story post Rebels after the Battle of Endor. Right, and she's like, and then everyone's like, well, well, that wasn't canon. Uh, what magical membrane did she pass through to become canon? <laughs> what was there? Was there a petition process? Did they have to file, like, federal paperwork? What process happened to go from non-canon to canon? That's my point. Uh, I have trouble... There's a canon fairy that flies around. (laughs) I have trouble wrapping my mind around that argument that she's in the Mandalorian, so she's now canon. Why wouldn't she be? Right. Why wouldn't they continue something that you've wondered after the end of Rebels? Hence my argument... Canon's fucking worthless. It's fucking meaningless. It's something that people throw at you when they're losing an argument on Star Wars. Honestly, if you appreciate the Star Wars as its own entity, as its own universe with so many different nooks and crannies that you can build a story out of and just, like, pick a planet, pick an alien race, boom, you have a brand new story. You could take the Harry Potter story, throw it on a planet, and, and but make it all Star Wars talk. And boom, you have a br- a brand new thing that you can do in the 20 years. And I swear to God, if that happens, I'm going to shoot myself <laughs> in the foot for not capitalizing up. But anyway. It's probably like, happening. It's just, there's no way that canon can exist because there's too much potential. And that's just coming from the filmmaker side of my brain. Right. It's, well, see, and the thing is, it's I can understand if it's an, an official thing, unofficial. I, that part I understand. Yeah, but even even so, I would ask you to define the parameters. What's a, what's official and what's unofficial? Because I am seven years younger than you. I knew of the first three movies. I watched them, but my maturity level as far as what I was into, I grew up with the stupid races. What were they? The what? What is the, the pod races? The pod races like, and friggin' an, little teeny annoying Anakin Skywalker. Like I was. How old was I? I was like 11 or 12 when that came out. So I was like, oh, okay. 
this is cool. It's new Star Wars. It's Star Wars for me, for my generation. And I was thinking, I didn't know anything about the whole universe. So I'm thinking, this is just a continuation of the story. Then I'm like, oh, it's a prequel to the other ones. Oh, that's really cool. So then I got it. That's what got me into it. Because I was like, oh, it's connecting to the other three ones. But. It's a wormhole. It's a wormhole. It, it, it How is. How do you have canon? It, that, exactly. Or anything official or unofficial. Exactly. Freaking story. Shut up and he, enjoy the day. Here is, again, everything boiled down to because Disney said so. That's exactly what it came up to. Because Disney said so. And I'm like, really? That's all you got? Because one guy told me, because I told you the whole, um, it was the original creators. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Disney can't tell you what's canon. Yeah, but they own it. But they weren't the original creators. That's not what I said. It's exactly what you said. Yeah. And I screenshot it and I sent it back to him. <laughs> and then um, one guy told me, well, canon's important because it ties together the continuity and it takes care of all the plot holes. What plot holes? There's what years in... And I went, hold on, hold on, hold on. It takes care of the plot holes. Are you sure this is the, whole, the hill you want to die on? Because <laughs> I'm about to fucking stab you in the face with this argument. Did you see the season finale? Okay. Luke comes in and says he's strong with the force, but training or talent without training is nothing. There was this character called Ray <laughs> who was able to stand toe to toe with Kylo Ren in a lightsaber duel despite who was trained. despite having no trained. fucking training whatsoever. So explain to me that how is Ray the only Jedi to do a Jedi mind trick? a force push and handle a lightsaber with no training whatsoever. Well, she was just a natural, but Luke said talent without training means nothing. Force awakens and Mandalorian are both canon giant fucking plot hole. Yep. That's just one. Would you like me to continue? And he, he logged off. (laughs) Like he just left the group. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, okay, plot hole. First time you see Ben Skywalker, he says, when I met your father, he was already a gifted pilot. No, he wasn't. No. No, he was a good pod racer. He was a good pod racer. Hadn't been in the fucking cockpit of a, of a fighter or a, a starship. Okay. Uh, on, on Hoth, Force Ghost of Ben Ken- Obi-Wan shows up and says, go to Dagobah and get trained by the, by the Jedi Master who trained me. Qui-Gon was not on the planet. No. Yoda was. Fucking plot hole. And I started pointing out all these fucking pot, pot, uh, potholes. 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 Oh, <laughs> and the potholes too. And I started pointing all these out. And one guy goes, why does that matter? That last episode had <laughs> a few plot holes. The, the Darksaber. Here. You, I take it from me. I can't. Well... Yeah, you can, because that's how you got it in the first place. <laughs> exactly. So you know, Sabine gave it up that way. Yeah, Sabine just handed it to you. You I said it doesn't work that way. I'm yeah. Like, Wait a minute, it actually worked that way in an animated series, which is canon. canon. There we go. Did you see the post-credit scene? Yes. Bib Fortuna, Tuna the Hut, sitting on the throne. Boba comes in, just shoots him in the chest. Just Mark David Chapman's him right in the chest. Was Bib Fortuna not on Jabba's barge when it blew up? He was. How the fuck is he running Jabba's empire? Plot hole. 
So, yeah, that, I love the part about, yeah, canon gets rid of all the plot holes. Then it's, then it's fired. If that, if that was what that person was saying, then that just meant that his plot was smaller. It, what it means is they ran out of they ran out of arguments. <laughs> and then when they gave me that one, Sm- I shot that one down. I was making a joke. I, sorry. You stomped all over it. Um, I apologize. Like Mexican hat dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that Mexican. I am a horrible Mexican. You know this. Yeah, you're the whitest Mexican I've met. There we go. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're coming up on like 30 minutes. But Joel, I just want to bring you in because, again, as a member of the 501st, only one person has dealt with more fucking Star Wars fanboys than me. Have we settled anything about canon? No. Is it still going to be an ongoing argument? It's going to be an ongoing argument. I, in our, not only our Garrison Legion groups, there's the disagreements there too. Oh God, I would I would love to see those. Yeah, oh. flat on a wall. Oh my God, this sometimes they just really get into like, well, this one intricate part of this movie. I'm like, why do you even care? This is what you do. Like, you know, this well, is actually, all you have in your life, and you're gonna go and <laughs> contest this stuff. This is all. Some of these people, this is all they have in their life. Like, yeah. I was at a troop. My friend and I were like. You know, we were listening, and they're like, what are you going to do after the troop? Well, we're going to hit up this fabric store, because they got this fabric for this costume. And I'm texting him, because we're across, and I'm like, they're, you and I are busy trying to figure out, we're in Lancaster, or or Palmdale. You and I are going to try to figure out where we're going to go have a drink, and see what loose women are out here in the AV, and see if we can't smash. They're talking about... A fabric store and they're getting excited about a certain material and we're like yeah this is all they do how so did you I, you know I've never asked you this how did you get involved with the 501st I had always been interested in um, on the 20th anniversary when they did the um, Rose Parade okay and I had looked into it and I kind of saw what it was and then the more I learned they worked with charity stuff the more I got interested more and more. And then eventually, like, honestly, it was either 501st or wrestling. Nicole goes, you can only do one or the other because I don't have the energy to, to sit through all to both. And right. I'm like, well, okay, I'll, I'll wrestle. It's more active. Then, obviously, it was like, look, I'm, I'd been looking off and on after wrestling, and then I was finally found the found some sources resources where to go and i'm like i'm gonna do this so when i was off from work like four years ago i bought a kit found some people locally none of them had ever done this costume before and i'm like oh okay well well shit yeah but message boards are really uh really supportive i mean they were slower they didn't have facebook groups yet but this message board was really supportive. You just had to wait a day or two because some of these guys that really knew what they're doing, most of them are in England, that really tout this costume. We were watching the the gallery, like the behind the scenes of Mandalorian, and mm-hmm. they covered the part where they didn't have enough costumes and and extras for that uh, season first, one yeah, season finale. finale. Yeah. So they reached out to the five hundred first. And I swear it was like every other person they talked to had a British accent. Yeah, they had some guys from overseas, but they had people from 
San Fran and they had yeah there was at least I want to say ten or eleven from SoCal that were in on it. You can always tell the SoCal guys same as I mean I hate to say it wrestling they're usually the shorter guys. (laughs) That is true actually. (laughs) We did a Jesse and I did a matchup in up in Hayward, and we were a good six to eight inches shorter than everybody else on the show. And um, we had to sit through a, we're working our match to a chant of SoCal Midgets. The crowd just, just kept chanting SoCal Midgets. And I'm in the corner trying not to laugh because I'm going like, that, that's actually a really good chant. <laughs> that's, that's really creative. I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's. I would, you know what? I would love to sit down with a group of Star Wars fans and a group of wrestling fans and see which ones are more rabid. Oh, you'd have to, because, you know, John. Right. When when he's like, oh, because the whole hardcore scene too. He said, the politics are the same as wrestling pretty much. Right. And then when I went over, I'm like, well, the politics are the same as wrestling and hardcore in the 501st. It's everywhere. It's so, okay, so basically the, the the mindset is always the same. There's this... The there's fandom this, it, the fandom changes. It does. <clears throat> um, there's the, there's a group of, I mean, elitists or whatever. Like Now, for, for everyone listening, Joel, when Joel says hardcore, Joel's a guitar player too. Joel's been... we've John and I went out to see you play once. Yeah. Okay. Joel's band is playing, Jerry's Pizza, and John and I are in the back. Are but the the many John stories we have. <laughs> John and I are in the back of the room, going, "We are the oldest two people here." <laughs> I was. I mean, that is the crowd. I was. Yeah, I was probably at thirty four at the time. John's a year older than I am, and we're at Joel's show, and I'm going. I told John, I said, "Bro, we we are the oldest people here right now." And that, that's really bad when you realize you're the oldest person at the concert. Actually, aside from myself and our drummer, who's older than me. So, yeah. And then you guys played uh, an, a cover of Attitude by the Misfits. And I looked over and told John, okay, this song is now officially the oldest thing in the room. <laughs> I feel better now. Joel played this one for us. But the mindset is the same as the fandom that you encountered in the non-toxic toxic fandom group it's similar there's a, there's some elitist attitudes to it as well as like people just like me that are just like they get to dress up as a i'm a star war <laughs> I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a living i am star action war. figure yes you know like this is awesome i get to make kids happy and take now. pictures with kids i'm a star war Amy yeah star i get war. to be a star war I'm, I I am Star Wars. See, and that I, I I get that part. And honestly, the only reason I wouldn't join the five hundred first, I'm lazy. I could not make my own costume like that. No, I I just and I'm not good with tools. There's other stuff. There's actually other yeah, soft costume stuff you can. You yeah, can I'm do. not I'm not good with tools. I would I I would be like I would be like a four year old tried to draw a picture of a stormtrooper. That's that's what my armor would look like. It really just. 
It's a kit. There's no way you could mess it up. I mean, I unless you put challenge like, accepted. Actually, yeah, yeah, you can. I've seen some, <laughs> challenge accepted. I've seen some horrible mistakes. I've made a couple, but luckily I learned about plastic and how ABS works, and I can make my own paste, repaint, reform a piece if I have to. But it's, it's the basic lines are easy to follow. It's just, I don't know. Well, if you're putting that much into it, you're gonna look at the picture, look at the 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 requirement list, the CRLs we call them, and you're going to be like, I need to make it like that. But there's some, like, they, they call GMLs, uh, uh, Garrison Membership Liaisons. You can have it look exactly like the picture they're giving you as your guide. Uh, we're kicking that back because it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't look accurate. Like, what do you mean it doesn't look accurate? It looks exactly like this picture. And yeah, that's that's how you get into some of that. I was I went to a, I went to LA Comic Con one year, and I see this band of Jedi, like, and by band of Jedi I mean there were fifty of them, and I'm just like, oh okay, that's cool, and and I'm one of those I don't cosplay, but I will go up and if I see cool cosplays, hey, that's really cool. Do you mind if I get a picture? You know, and I just kind of take pictures and post them of people's cosplay. And so I went up to these Jedi who were choreographing a lightsaber fight. Same way, same way you and I would spot out a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. I, I walked up and I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> There's a group called the Saber Guild. Yes. That's yes. what they do. That's, I think it was them. I think it was them. And I walked up and, hey guys, I'm sorry I don't mean to bug you, but I love the co the cosplays i can i get some pictures and these guys looked at me like i just punched their grandmother like they were angry that i uh, that i interrupted yes you may have said the wrong word i probably did somewhere cosplay along cosplay becomes oh, a yeah, whole cosplay. it's almost a bad word in legion it kind of is cuz we don't do this for ourselves people. although some people do some people just do the high profile movie things that they can get on I avoid those. I avoid cons. But the cosplay word in the Legion, probably Saber Guild, Rebel Legion, same thing. Even the Mando Mercs. It's some it's kind of a Yeah. And oh yeah, these guys were these guys were upset. And then I could actually see them counting to ten in their head. Yeah, bro. Come on, we'll get some pictures. <laughs> I thought they were upset because I interrupted their their choreographing the saber fight. That Which, it doesn't matter. That's all they do. Like it, they that they're constantly doing that. So I don't even know why they'd get mad at that. If if they if that's why. But I'm pretty sure cosplay. That's the that. One you know that, what? That actually that makes a lot of sense. The they word. were. You know what? Once they said pictures, these guys came out of the woodwork. There. I have a picture with all fifty of them. It's just me, the girl I was dating at the time, and like fifty Jedi behind me. And one dude did a cosplay of a predator. In Jedi, in Jedi ropes. Nice. Oh yeah. And that was the coolest one ever. And he's like, he's sprawled out, like he's doing, like he just got the Playgirl cover. <laughs> Hilarious. So the once picture I, is not the issue, right? You once I once one. I got once I got past the two gatekeepers, then yeah, the rest of them were cool as shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's the word that that word was probably not. You don't know this. I mean, you know, it is, but that's that's usually not the best word for, for those kinds of guys. It would be, you know what, now that I think about it, you walk up to a couple of indie wrestlers and while they're putting together a match 
And uh, hey, how do you guys fake this match? It's the same. I'm pro- yeah, I'm gonna punch someone in the neck. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Like, bro, okay, first off, what the fuck are you doing in the building? <laughs> Doors haven't opened yet. What the fuck are <laughs> yeah. you doing here? All right, I get it. You put it in context like that, now I understand it. So, all right, Joel, uh, we're almost coming up with the 45-minute mark, so thank you so much. I wanted you to come in. And I wanted, like I said, I wanted somebody from the 501st to either set me straight or be like, yeah, fuck those guys. I, I would just say fuck those guys. Yeah, just... so, again, Canon, fucking take it with a grain of salt. If you must Canon... Canon for if me. Canon is all you have that lets you sleep at night, go for it. If you Canon like on. expanding on the already pretty awesome stories that are out there, and you it doesn't matter if it's Canon, it's like, oh, look, he's force sensitive, but it has nothing to do with this. But this is a great story, and this is awesome. Enjoy it. Yeah, if Canon helps you sleep at night, go for it. I have whiskey. To each his own. There you go. So, all right, Joel. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. And then uh, we're going to come back with uh, Wonder Woman, 1984. All right. And we are back, folks. Um, Okay. In the interest of full disclosure, it is now 26 hours later. (laughs) Joel has left. We had to do some adulting and get some stuff done. So it is now uh, Tuesday the 28th. Monday the 28th. Today's Monday. Today's Monday. Okay. Um, anyway, no shit. Yeah, I'm on vacation folks. So we are going to, by this time tomorrow night, you and I will be in Vegas and with any luck, we will be intoxicated beyond all rational, uh, thought. And, um, yeah, so we're going to spend new years in Vegas anyway. Um, what do we come back for? Wonder Woman. Woman. Oh, Oh God. Yeah. I've had some time. All right, folks. So spoiler alert, we're going to, yeah, we're going to destroy this movie. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, I don't think it was a bad movie. It just wasn't a great movie. It wasn't great. It was, all right, so the story is, we are, this is Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins returned, and of course we have Gal Gadot, we have Chris Pine, who I thought were great together. They're always fun. I like Chris Pine. He's cute. And so, <laughs> <laughs> he's cute, I'm not going to lie. He's, he is. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so what was the whole, okay, so the point of this movie I got nothing. This was just, you would think it was a fun, it was an 80s retro movie. But they didn't even make that many, that many references to the 80s. Right. Like and that, that stupid montage of him trying on clothes and that's all we got. We didn't even get music. Right. There was no 80s music in this whatsoever, which does it, is it cost that much to license music from the 80s? Like, like seriously, you couldn't hit up Flock of Seagulls or Spando Ballet and say, hey, we need we need some shit. No, they go to the labels, silly. Well, still, same time. <laughs> but again, I mean, all right, so the whole premise of this movie is that you have Maxwell Lord, played by pa- uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, Mandalorian making a uh, appearance here, and ver- being very Trumpish. I've heard a lot of that criticism. Like, everyone was like, dude, the big orange hair and everything, he was Trump. And I went... Uh, all right. I see that, but I just I I really feel like his character. I don't know. He was every motivational speaker that was on TV in the '80s. He was every get rich quick scheme douchebag that had an infomercial. Like I remember a ton of those in the '80s, and he did a good job of just personifying all of them. Like, oh my god, I saw that guy. Like every and after eleven o'clock, 
What? You know why it was so mediocre? I just had an epiphany just now. There was no big bad, big scary bad. No. Because we had we had little bads. Kristen Wiig who played Cheetah, and she it was like a very gradual CGI change for her, and when she was finally actually full blown Cheetah with all the fur and stuff, you not recognizable as Kristen Wiig, but still the it was just. Hey, how about when we're filming today, guys? Just give your your like eh performance. Don't, don't give me your best. Just the eh. Don't bring your A game. Whatever you do, do not bring your A game. Maybe, maybe like C minus. Like it was just it was there was no very very scary. It wasn't like any moment in like any of the Avengers films where we're looking at it and like, oh my gosh, what happens next? Well, let's okay. Let's start with Kristen Wiig then, because she comes in as this very kind of shy, homely, like dumpy character. It it's too easy of a character. Like it's it's basically Jamie Foxx in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where he's just this nerdy yeah, little just very very uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um likable, personable because there's so it's just there's so much general um stereotypes about that person. It's pretty much the way all of us yeah. felt in high school. It's the way all of us felt in high school. Okay. And this was like a visual personification of it. But it was but it wasn't it wasn't like they over exaggerated it or uh you know, played it played it really, really subtle. It was just kinda like this like I said, C game. Right. Media. But I mean, again, this character has been done so many times in these movies. Like I said, Jamie Foxx. In Amazing Spider-Man 2, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. It's just that, like I said, the homely, nerdy kind of no friends, loner. And then... Oh, and, and for those of, the, those of us who are parents, another example would be... Oh, I can't remember the character's name, but jo- no, Jonah Hill did his voice for the film Megamind with Will... Was it Will Ferrell? Yeah, it was Will Ferrell, the big blue guy. And right. Brad Pitt did the uh, Batman, Superman-esque character. Yes. And Mega Man was the bad guy. And he tried to turn somebody else into a a hero so that he could be the villain again. But it ended up backfiring on him. Anyway, that character where he's all like mousy and awkward and saying... Mousy! Things. That's, yeah. No, that oh, was mousy. exactly... Yep. That was, yeah. I, I was like, there's another move. There's another word I'm looking for. It's not going to work here. And again, we're like 26 hours after. So, but, and then all of a sudden she has a friend. Barbara has a friend because her briefcase spills open. And the only, like the guy she's got a crush on just steps over her shit. And Hey, and here comes Diana. Here comes Gal Gadot helping her pick up her stuff. And then all of a sudden like, Hey, you, you want to get lunch? And these two end up like best friends, which it's, Oh God, it was, um, like Mean Girls, not not Mean Girls. Um, the one with Emma Stone. Easy A. There you go. Where she you know, she's starts off as this kind of like outcast, and all of a sudden she's the popular chick and hanging out with the popular crowd. And Drew Barrymore in Never Been Kissed, exact same transformation where you have the little you know nerdy, goofy, homely chick, and all of a sudden she's popular. And it's a trope that they've done in so many movies. And I'm just looking at this going. They basically just like it's a patchwork quilt of everything that they've done before. They played it safe. There's they're like, eh, we're not sure if this is gonna do that great, and 
you know, we kind of oversold it, but please like it because it's still Wonder Woman. Yay. Yes, but then Kristen Wiig plays this sci- this uh, scientist who's an expert in relics, and and they discover the Dreamstone, where it's written in Latin that place your hands on the stone, make a wish, and it's yours. So Diana makes a wish, and of course she wishes that Steve Trevor was back. She doesn't verbalize it. No, what? I had another question, because I was just, I was getting ahead of you in the plot, thinking mm. about the film and i'm just wondering did they touch on did they give backstory as to why oh gosh what's what's dude's what's dude's character's name pascal's character's name uh maxwell lord did they give backstory as to how he knew this had come into from the museum's um i'm not sure if they did or not they just all of a sudden this rich guy is this rich influential guy is like really like he's He's been he well, they innocent. they had they did say he had been researching it, so he was looking for it. But they I don't remember if they gave a good backstory as to why, how he knew it existed. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is that like he just he just comes in out of nowhere, looking for this. It's almost like they just transplanted this movie with like no, it exists on on its own stance. Its own like <laughs> I can't make words happen today. Well, you're also a little chemically imbalanced right now. Oh no. <laughs> not even no, okay that's without it okay so maybe i should smoke some more I there you go <laughs> her vape is sitting right next to that microphone folks Eyeballing it. <laughs> but so we have diana wishes for steve to come back and then diana and um barbara end up having dinner together they go their separate ways barbara's walking home uh Barbara gets accosted by this drunk and Diana comes out of nowhere and kicks his ass. So Barbara goes back to the lab and wishes, I wish I was just like Diana. And of course she wakes up the next day and she's assertive and she's sexy and she's confident and everybody likes her and and, right. And it was just like, really this whole movie is going to revolve around this fucking stone. Are you serious? And then sure as shit, here comes Pedro Pascal who he sneaks the rock out of there and he says, I wish I was you. He's got the rock in his hand. He says, I wish I was you. I wish I had your powers. And the stone turns to dust. And all of a sudden, Maxwell Lord is the wish stone, the dream stone or whatever they called it. And anybody that Maxwell, anybody that made a wish while holding out of Maxwell's hands got this fucking wish. And then he figured out that he could, if he pushed it a little bit, he could also take things from it. So he was healing himself and, making himself more likable even though he's well doing too hot. the great thing is that cheetah and maxwell lord were the exact same character because maxwell lord was he was a fake it till you make it guy he was a loser he was broke he didn't have he had shared custody of his kid and now he starts making these wishes and he's a rich guy and he's you know he's successful and he's a billionaire next thing you know he has a country and this this movie was a a whole lot of what the fuck. Yeah, I was I was I have to admit like I I was looking forward to it because I'm like hey they put a lot of hype into it a lot of marketing it's gonna be great it's gonna be great we're gonna be streaming it soon oh my gosh it's gonna be so exciting and we sit down and not even five minutes in my jaw drops I'm like what it was just it was just so the they opened with the Amazons again which 
did that that scene didn't have any point whatsoever. It was I mean, it was great to see all the, you know, we're back on Themyscira and they show the Amazons and they show their version of the Olympics, I guess. Yeah, I remember looking at you going, did, did we, do that many Amazons exist? It just looked like so many people in the stands and all on the, all over the, the, the greenery, the landscape. and. It was almost like, hey, we, well, we have a contract here with Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright. We have to get them back in this movie somehow. We're just going to throw another Amazon scene in for the hell of it. Yeah, the flashback didn't necessarily touch on anything that drove the current story. It was, there was one part of it. There was one part. It was a throwaway line by Robin Wright, who, remember, Diana's in the lead, and she's got the javelin. She's about to throw it through the ring. And all of a sudden, Robin Wright grabs her, and she's she's throwing a fit, you know, Diana's throwing a fit going, I would have won. And she's like, you cheated. Right. Nothing born of lies is ever good. And that's the line right there. That's the line that sets up the rest of the movie. Nothing born of lies is ever good. Well, again, I've had, it, a, it sounds like a fortune cookie stuff, like good feeling type thing. And then you get into the rest of it where it's like, Oh, we're about now we're in the eighties and she's an adult. And yeah, again, I've had two days to think about like this movie going, what was the point of that scene? And except for that line and Connie Nilsson and, and Robin Wright, I can't think of any point of having that, that line in there or that was, scene in there. That it was a stretch to, to incorporate that because I mean, unless, unless we watch it like six more times to really break it down, the only thing I can think of is if it's, it's got little Easter eggs that are going to be pointing to future plot things that are going to develop in future movies, but we don't know. Right. They, there were some Easter eggs, uh, the, the gold armor suit, because Diana tells a story of Asteria and how she held the men back while the Amazons escaped and she gave her life. And let me just say, the way that they brought up the topic of the armor, to me, was lazy writing. And the reason why I say that is... The whole end of the movie was lazy writing. Well, the, so she points... I think it was Kristen Wiig's character, wasn't it? Where she points at the, the stuff that's wrapped in like some kind of... Paper or no, she was in her apartment with um, Steve, Trevor, oh, so and she points at right. He's like, "What's this?" Yes, and you did you did fall asleep during the movie. I did. Sorry. That that's a that's a good sign that it wasn't a great movie I either. Never fall asleep watching a movie. I mean, like I tease my best friend for falling asleep. I say, "Hey, let's watch a movie," and she's like, "Yay, we're gonna watch this movie!" And literally before the intro credits end and the movie begins, she's already gone. And so, anyway, I te- tease people. So, for me to fall asleep, I w- it was definitely not holding my attention enough. But what I the reason why I feel like it's lazy writing is because it was literally if you if you can't come up with a creative idea to interject or segue into, hey, let me tell you about this thing, then you're you're you really have no imagination. Yeah, that that scene was literally. He literally pointed, what's that? And she said, oh, let me tell you a story. Let's flash back to a generic uh, battle scene of some random person with no face holding holding those wings around the person, and and then of course you see the other people beating on the wings and little pieces of shards flying off. Which, by the way. Did they repair it and then Diana just says hanging on to it? Or was it 
still broken when she put... Did she put that? She didn't put it on later in the movie. Gosh. My sleep... I need to, I need to take a nap after this. It was... Yeah. It, it, again, it was the first two acts, despite the fact that Diana's just globe hopping. She, they were just all over the place. They were in... Oh, God. First, they started in Washington, D.C. Then they end up in Africa. And then they bounced around a couple other places on the map. And you're going like, what? Hold on. Why are we here? Um, the first two acts were okay. I didn't mind them. Uh, I think you might have slept through this part. The Invisible Jet. No, I didn't. You didn't? Okay. I was stirring. And you were like, oh, no, she's not. I geeked the fuck out that she had an Invisible Jet. Because I'm going, wait, wonder the invisible jets always been funny to me because that was like a big thing in the 1970s show with Linda Carter. She had an invisible jet and I'm looking Wasn't at the, it in the cartoon too? it wasn't in the, in the just league cartoon also. And I'm looking through the comic going, wait, wonder woman flies. Why do we have an invisible jet? She flies. Yes, she flies. And they even worked that into this because so they steal a jet, which I'm pretty sure you can't do. Um, they just steal a jet and as they're taking off, Steve Trevor, oh, the way I fly, they'll never catch us. And she goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, they they have radar now. (laughs) Sorry, by the way. Yeah. I will say Steve Trevor back from the dead after 70, 60 something, 70 something years. We had a cute little cap. It was. Yes, it was a whole fish out of water thing. And yeah, you can compare it to Cap if you want. Like, well, he died. If di- I want, I will. Because, um, <laughs> excuse me. Why? Just because they both died at World War One, and no, then they got... they're both they pretty brought- and they're both cute. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Argue with that logic. Yes, okay, I cannot... I see no flaws in that logic. Anyway, and so they steal a jet. Oh, I forgot to tell you about Radar. And then she just starts going, oh... My father, she keeps saying my father, my father hid an entire island and I was trying to figure out how to do it. And I think I know how he's like, well, have you done it before? Yeah. With a coffee cup. And then she puts her hand on the, on the control panel and the jet disappears. And you saw me, I geeked the fuck out. I went, they have the invisible plane. (laughs) All right. You, you, you took a bow to my, my nerddom from my childhood. Okay. I'll let you have this one. All right. And then later on, we actually get a cameo from Linda Carter. I'm like, okay, two bows to my nerdiness from, from when I was a kid. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll let them. I'm going to hate on, I'm going to hate on it because the, it was an end credit scene, but there was no scene to it. Literally. She just saves some random person in like some little outdoor market. And she like catches a pole, chucks it away. Everyone kind of goes, <gasps> and then the little girl follows her and she's like, who are you? And she just rolls around or whatever they said. To and her. it's, it's and Linda Carter. And she, you know, what's your name? Asteria. I've been doing this for a while now. I don't know. We're jumping all around this fucking timeline here, but they have already fast tracked the third wonder woman movie. They have already fast tracked it because it made $85 million globally. Uh, Okay. Um, Again, I got in trouble because someone online said they posted this article that said Wonder Woman meets and exceeds all expectations already. And I'm going, it's got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. How fucking low were your expectations? 
Yeah. And then it's... Yes. <laughs> Again, if you don't fight stupid, stupid thinks it's right. And and then it says, well, the movie made $85 million globally. I, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and ticket sales are not going to be what they were a year, a year and a half ago. But $85 million for a movie this size on an opening weekend, no, that's garbage. people would be pissed. People, if this movie did not make $100 million in its opening weekend, because it opened on Wednesday. It opened on Wednesday and then up through up through today, $100 million domestically easily. So $85 million globally, I'm not impressed. Again, I know we're going through COVID. Ticket sales are shit. But still, $85 million is a whopping success, and they've already rubber-stamped the, the third one. I'm like, oh fucking hell. They were gonna they were gonna move on to the next one, even if this one tanked, because they, they it's on the list of things to do. Here's yeah, okay, here's where here's where writers. you need to give me a lesson in movie finance. Oh, I didn't do that great in movie finance. <laughs> well, here's okay, well, you did better than I did, because I didn't take the class. Well, all right. There we go. Okay, so explain to me how you have what was what was the budget on this movie? Hold on. Let me check this out. Holy fucking shit, folks. I had to take a break right now because I had to. I should have done this before, but what was the budget for Wonder Woman 1984? Would you like to would you like to take this one? $200 million. $200 million for this movie. They didn't even make. I'm gonna, this is the first time I'm cussing on your show, but they didn't even make. A fucking return on their investment. That's not smart. Why are you excited about 85? You are still 185, $115 million in the hole on this movie, and you've greenlit the third one. I don't even think that they... There's no way, unless they do some kind of crazy marketing scheme, there's no way they're going to make that up in merchandising. Well, again, this that was, was going to be my question. Okay, so $200 million uh, budget on this movie. Now, under normal circumstances, no, no pre or pre COVID, you have your ticket sales, you have your merchandising, you have all your different uh, avenues of, of income here. We're in a post COVID world and Warner brothers now has this deal with HBO max where they're just going to release movies straight to HBO max. How the hell do you recover your, your losses when you're, when you're streaming these movies and not charging tickets for them? streaming services pricing is going to go up of course they're already talking about netflix going up and um hulu going up but obviously that's going to have to change and then advertising on these streaming platforms i did read in some article that netflix is looking into advertising they're not it's, it hasn't it hasn't been announced officially that they're going to do advertising but it's it's out there it's it's they're in discussions about it but honestly advertising and in any way, shape, or form, like in the middle of your movie, at the beginning, or the end of your film. And then, of course, the biggest one that I don't think anybody really pays much attention to, but product placement. Like, if somebody has an iPhone, even if it's one iPhone in the entire movie, Apple has to pay the production company a certain amount of money to get their phone into... Like, it could be any, it could be any brand, and one of them's going to... 
you know, get in there with their with their bid. Um, Let's face it, it's going to be Apple. Yeah, it's, it's Apple, it's, yeah. I'm just, I'm, That's not bullshit. Honestly, it, I have yet to see an Android in, in a movie. Android, Android phone. It's never happened. No. I did see some episodes with some Blackberries, but... Oh, okay. But that's... God, that's kind of dating myself. I was going to say, as soon as you said Blackberry, I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I, like I said, this, this part is not my area of expert... Well, I can't say area of expertise. It's not, not my area of interest, because when it comes to finance and bookwork and clerical shit... Just give me a camera and some actors, and I'll tell them how to, you know, block preferably a script too. Yeah. Nah, we're good with it. if it's a good actor, they can improv. We don't necessarily need a script. <laughs> okay, should we cover the the end of this fucking movie? the The final scene of this fucking movie, because this was this was straight up bullshit. This was okay. So the the conclusion of this movie is Maxwell Lord has been granting wishes and taking things from people, and he is getting stronger by taking more things and decides, well, um, there's got to be a better way than doing it one at a time. I need, I need to be able to reach everybody in the world at one time. And that was in the 80s, which, of course, is around the time that we were getting our satellites going. Right, and so... They talked about this satellite program where they could break in on any TV in the world. And it's in the event of an emergency. In the event of emergency. And the greatest thing was they, they mentioned it. It's, it works on the same technology as the Star Wars program. And I fucking laughed hysterically because for any of you people who were born, who were alive in the 80s, you know the Star Wars program sucked ass. The Reagan took a giant shit with the Star Wars program. He was so proud of this and could not get it to work. And so when they said, yeah, it's, it's the same technology. I'm like, kind of putting all your eggs in the wrong basket there, aren't we? All right. But anyway, let's, let's pretend this fucking thing actually worked. He breaks in on every, this is not, this is uh, Maxwell Lord, not Ronald Reagan breaks in on every TV in the, we don't know. Reagan might've tried it. And he breaks in on every TV and says, just look in my eye and make a wish. And it's yours. And I went, hold on. The rule was they had to touch you. So you So you set up the you set up the rule, you establish the rule, and then you fuck the rule. So yeah, right off the bat you've already contradicted your own premise. So right there I'm just like, "Oh, this is bullshit." But for some reason, every TV in the world creates a whirlwind in the bunker he was in, and there's this bright light like like the fucking movie Tron where he has to stand in there and be derezzed. And I'm just going like, what the fuck? This movie's all over the place. Yeah. They were pulling out crap from, you know, all the 1980s sci-fi films. And then I realized like, holy shit, this is the end of lawnmower man where he's gotten so strong and the internet was a brand new thing back in the nineties. And so he uses the internet to access every, you know, bank accounts around the world and, and, or the movie Lucy. For those of you who don't remember Lawnmower Man, the movie Lucy, which had the exact same fucking ending, that's that's what they did here. And Wonder Woman comes in, apparently she can kill a god of war, but can't walk against wind. <laughs> because that happened. Right. 
she uses the lasso to whip the the camera back. So now he's not in contact with everybody in the world. No, but neither is her face. Neither is her everybody face. Everybody sees a gold screen because of the lasso truth. And then she goes into this ridiculously long monologue. Like, oh my God, this monologue, I swear it took a day and a half. I swear, like, oh my God, this monologue. The Gettysburg Address was not fucking as long as this fucking monologue that Gal Gadot had to do. Yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't very riveting. It wasn't attention-grabbing at all. And then, but all of a sudden, people can hear her, and they just decide to rescind their wish. I don't really want to marry Nolas. Remember the... <laughs> I laughed that the, you had the terrorist... The terrorist who's got the AK-47 and he wishes for nuclear weapons. And then all of a sudden he just changes his mind. You know what? I don't really want it. I don't need nukes. No. I really don't. So everybody just rescinds their wish. And Maxwell Lord decides, yeah, I'm going to rescind my wish too. Oh, that was another thing they did that you you might have fallen asleep for. When they had the lasso and she, she goes to wrap it around... Steve Trevor's wrist. And he says, I haven't lied to you. And she says, no, the lasso will show you things. Yeah. Okay. Well, it shows you things that she already knew, right? Yeah. The lasso was wrapped around Maxwell Lord's ankle and he's seeing his kid run around on judgment day. Cause that's what it looked like. It looked like Terminator two and people are fighting in the streets and there's fire and fucking bombs going off. How did she know that? I have no idea how it worked because that's how well it was explained. All she said was the lasso will help you see things. Hmm. But then the lasso saw or showed Steve Trevor what she was describing. I'm shrugging. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just there were rules that were established and then they were just swept under the rug. Like, no, we didn't say that. No, it didn't happen. Just kidding. Yeah, we're not. DC stands for direct uh, detective comics, not direct continuity. We're just going to sweep that shit under the rug. It doesn't matter. And all of a sudden Maxwell Lord just says, I rescind my wish. And everything goes back to normal. Like it was magic. Yeah. That was the ending folks. She talked him off the ledge. There was no big fight scene. Like there was again, she killed the God of war at the end of the last movie. She somehow was able to drop a high tension power line into the water that they're both in. Yeah, nothing happened to her. Wonder Woman is wearing a giant metal fucking suit and a high a high tension power line wire falls into a, a body of water that they're in. Kristen Wiig gets electrocuted. Wonder Woman, totally fine. When she's when she's barely cheetah, she rescinds her wish as well, and then apparently she's laying there fully clothed because uh, because cheetah, cheetah was naked. Cheetah was naked. For yes, sure. nudity wasn't in Kristen Wiig's contract. She's like, fuck this shit. You have to pay me a hell of a lot more money. That's that's not gonna happen. Wait, people can pay you and you'll get to take your clothes off. I gotta see the contract. I'm gonna read the small print. <laughs> There's a, joke there. There's a joke there too. I heard it. I heard it too. And I'm like, 
I'm just going to let that one, let that one go that I just painted myself into a corner on that one. Anyway, that was Wonder Woman 1984. Did you enjoy it? No, <laughs> I won't. I probably won't watch it again. I mean, if it's for, for educational purposes or to, to learn what not to do when making a film, then yeah, I'll watch it again. I, I'm going to put Wonder Woman on uh, Wonder Woman 84 on the same shelf. I put the rise of Skywalker. It was it was all right. It was a movie. Probably never gonna see it again. Even if it's on TBS, I'm like, what? Well, okay, my choices are Wonder Woman eighty four or Suicide Squad. Fuck me. Turn the TV on. Yeah, I have five hundred DVD and Blu Ray over in the corner. <laughs> I gotta find something better in these two fucking movies. So, all right, folks. So that's going to be the show again. Thank, thank you for Joel uh, or to Joel for coming in, even though that was a day and a half ago. And thank you to my lovely co-host, Amy. Thank you for being here. I'm bowing. She is, yeah, she's, she is trying to get me to do a video podcast, I will say. So, so all the bowing and shrugging, that, that doesn't go to waste. Or the sideways glances. Yes, the sideways, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I get, I get those looks a lot like, are you fucking serious? Is that what you're talking about? But. And maybe catch me Googling shit on my Or researching shit I probably should have done before we started the show. Yes. Like the $200 million budget that they pissed away on this fucking movie. (laughs) All right, folks. I am Greg Hernandez, the Digital Warrior. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Amy is still trying to get me to do a TikTok. Oh, yes. I am fighting that one like the plague. Apparently it's happening. Uh, I still have merchandise available at Ninja uh, Ninja Warrior at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ninja Warrior. And you can find my podcast on ninjanerdwarriorpodcast.com or Google, Facebook, Google, Facebook, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know what? God damn it. Anywhere you get your podcast from, you'll find me. So, all right, folks, that's it. Uh, have a safe New Year's. We will be in Vegas. We will be going through a lot of alcohol-induced blackouts. So if we're back next week, it's awesome. All right. Talk to you later.